listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Because Rod and Karen are hot. JBC is nice. I've been around Japan. This electronic calls me Victor. How on the scales off the Richter? The media says I'm mature. Check me out on Wikipedia. Coach them off their walkers. Let them walk and run and speed up. I come from a place where the superheroes meet up. Hey, welcome to the Black Out Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a Tuesday. A very two, very special Tuesday edition of the Black Guy Who Tips. Uh, we have a voice that I feel like you should be familiar with if you go way back with the show. I mean, if you go all the way back to filling the lanes, the very uh, uh, problematic, entertaining, ah! now defunct filling the lanes. That was, that was my jam, dog. Uh, uh, you should recognize the voice of one. I mean, a man that goes by many mo- uh, many monikers. I first met him as Walt Frazier. Uh, <laughs> you know, people might know him as Trill, uh, you know, uh, Trill Harmonic on Twitter or currently, you know, TD Williams. You guys have probably read something by him and didn't even know it was him. Surprise. What's up, man? What's going on? It's a pleasure to be on with you. It's a pleasure to be on with you, Karen. Um, you know, it's, uh, TD Williams, aka, Cognac Turner, aka Henny Kravitz, <laughs> aka Light Skin with the Pen, so they call it Yellow Journalism. Aww. I'm up in here hitting honeys from the rear, going strong, lasting long because I drink Guinness Stout beer. All right, all right, we appreciate it. You know, <laughs> I didn't know it was rapping today. Uh, well, you know, you always got a, a load of uh, monikers, man. You know, I, I didn't know what TD stood for, man. You know, this dick, them digits. You know what I'm saying? I was wondering what it was, dog. Um, it's like MF Doom. It can stand for anything you want it to. <laughs> <laughs> and how you been, bro? It's been a minute since you've been on the show, man, but I still see and read you everywhere. Yeah, you know, um, I'm good. Uh, like Shock G said, just another black man caught up in the mix trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. A dime and a nickel. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm cooling, man. I'm, uh, I'm working. I'm doing my day job uh i'm doing my side hustles i'm living my life i'm in a new house i'm enjoying it i have a garden with a rose bush in it what uh you know i mean hey moving on up like the jeffersons came a long way from the housing projects so i'm just trying <laughs> to uh i'm just trying to live life enjoy it despite uh you know the backdrop of american politics and society which is at an all-time low during my lifetime true hey is um so uh what is it like with the day job compared to you know writing and whatnot because writing is one of the still like and you write long form mostly so writing is still one of those areas where i feel like you can be important you can be influential you can be read but you can still be quote unquote nobody to a lot of people you know what i mean like very few people kind of bridge the gap between like you know a per like reading somebody and knowing what they look like don't always go together no unlike so many other forms of entertainment mm-hmm. you know what i mean with social media now it's like if somebody's a sensation on youtube you you know what they look like their facebook page all that stuff what, what's it like you know writing um and you know and how does that affect you know like the day job and just day-to-day life uh well you know, my real name is not T.D. Williams, right. and there's a reason that I use that as my as as a pretentious person would say, my nom de plume, <laughs> my pseudonym, um, because I like to keep my private life private. Right. Uh, I've never been one uh, to be up on YouTube uh, or be too much of a presence on Twitter. 
uh, mostly because I do not trust other people. I don't trust the tyranny of the other. All right, people try to get up into your life, uh, and you never get them out, or mm-hmm. they think they know you and they don't, or you don't know who's going to stalk you or harass you. And I know you know how this internet stuff oh, works. Yeah. I've seen you deal with insane people yeah. on Twitter, um, and I don't like dealing with those people. I like to block them and keep it moving and have them uh, not know me. I like to be anonymous. The day job. I teach for a living, mm-hmm. um, and so I teach at the university level, and that is a very uh, contrasting thing, and it's another reason that I need to keep my, my alias, uh, because I work at a university where the person who is president of the university now is in all likelihood installed by one of the Koch brothers' uh, programs, mm. um, and so this is not a you know an agenda that embraces the sort of ideas that I express in my day-to-day life. Uh, so it's important to keep my personal and my private uh, uh, business very separate from what I write on the Internet. And also the students I teach are big groups of kids from small towns uh, and, and suburbs, and they are not black by and large. Mm. And so I try to – I certainly try to educate them, but I'm trying to teach them – how to how to reason and think critically about society the last thing they need to do is know exactly what my opinions are mm-hmm. because that would taint the classroom and frankly would turn some of them off i think given where they're coming from and the low level of education that we provide at the public level right. all over america you know so they already have no idea what's happening in society it's certainly not in terms of the forces that have shaped uh, black life in america so um so yeah, my pieces would would read as very strong to them, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, and it's also like consequences for getting caught out here being woke as a black person, as opposed to you know um, a lot of other areas where we've seen people that are in public positions, even you know, like police officers and shit that have been able to express like really bigoted opinions. You know, go on TV in uniform and say them, and still there's no consequences, but uh yeah definitely as a as a black person uh saying that kind of shit you know or saying woke shit uh for some reason is considered a threat you know um it's 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 sad though that it has to even be termed like alternative woke mm -hmm. revolutionary to to just run down the facts of american history (laughs) right it's a frightening concept yeah you got some uh you got some empathy and some uh some historic knowledge you woke brother and uh you better watch (laughs) your back because uh we don't appreciate your kind around here show don't get too woke they put you to sleep yeah <laughs> <Burn> <laughs> <it in. laughs> hey they need to put some of these woke hotel brothers to sleep immediately anyway <laughs> <laughs> them niggas gonna live forever right these incense stand motherfuckers <laughs> yeah they're gonna they're gonna live forever the ones that's actually out there trying to do the right thing them the ones that die young so for people out there that are like writers or aspiring writers and stuff like what's the what's the process man on like you you know getting on because i mean i see your stuff you know the cauldron the root you know um like what's the process like these days man because i know it's changed over our lifetimes as far as the uh you know getting on and getting your stuff read for sure um you know i i would i would speak about this one from my perspective and then two from kind of an objective distance from my perspective because mm. my perspective is not a perspective anyone should follow um i'm about integrity and that does not go very far in society and I'm, i i take my own pace um in my own path i've always felt that way it's because of how i grew up you know i grew up in a welfare hotel 
I was homeless in New York City. Um, I lived in a place called the Holland Hotel that was really a crack house. If you remember New Jack City, there was um, the Carter. Mm-hmm. The other hotel like that in Times Square was the Holland, and that's where I lived. Uh, so I saw things at a young age that changed my perspective and broadened my horizon in terms of human behavior and the worth of life. A nine-to-five job wasn't going to make my life worthwhile after that experience. Just fitting in wasn't going to make it worthwhile. So I have grand plans in terms of the pace of my novel, when I put it out, how I put it out. It's got to be not about ego, um, not about just getting a check, but about the overall vision, right? That being said, that's not something anyone else should follow. That shit is crazy. And it doesn't hit bills. <laughs> now, I mean, in terms of getting on, you got to be persistent. Uh, you got to write something of quality. You know, if you write something of quality, regardless of your presence on the Internet or whatever else, there will be people who flock to it and the right mm-hmm. people will see it. Uh, it, it's about being lucky, being in the right place at the right time. With the cauldron, a friend of mine said, hey, they're starting this new site. Um, you should write for it. You should pitch them something. I was nobody to them. They had no idea I have a talent for writing and thinking. Um, there's no reason that they would know I went to uh, one of the top universities and then one of the top writing programs in the nation. Uh, but I wrote them a, a piece on, I think, um, Daryl Morey, the, uh, the dude from uh, the GM for the Rockets, and it got him like 100,000 hits. Next thing you know, they're like, hey, write me another story. Um, that jumps off to me getting on Houston uh, sports radio. You know, that jumps off to people retweeting my stories and then one more stories. Then Sports Illustrated incorporated them. Mm. That leads to a larger audience. And then when I wrote the Charles Barkley piece, uh, Yisha, who I, I believe has been on your show before, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. she reached out and she said, hey, if you have any pitches for The Root, that would be wonderful. Um, and I went back and forth with her, hashed out a couple ideas, and uh, they've been wonderful in giving me the freedom to express myself. And you said I write long form. I think Yisha would tell you that I have a new art form. It's called uh, Too Long Form. <laughs> <laughs> She be looking at my shit like, remember your audience? They ain't trying to read no damn book. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it be on point though, man. Like it's on point. It's well researched. Uh, you know, you give great examples, but uh, I also don't have to edit it, and I also see the final version, so I don't know what's so all hit the copy room floor by the time I see it. I, you know, usually I go through three or four different drafts, and I, I do it quickly. I'll write anything I write. It's probably going to be written in a day, maybe three hours max. Mm. But that means I got to go through it. I go through it, and I step away for 30 minutes. I come back. I read it. I read it again after 30 minutes, and I keep trying to trim as much as I can. It, as a writer, it's a good problem to have when you overwrite because you can take out. The difficult thing is when you don't have shit to say. Mm. And, and every once in a while with some of these uh, – black websites that i read people are just trying to get page views i'm reading i'm like you ain't got a damn thing to say why did you write this yeah it's like like going to slam poetry readings or anything where there's a stage the stage will attract people who want attention but it doesn't mean it's attracting people with talent or who actually have anything to say for me i don't want to stand on that stage unless i have something to say that's not about me but about a grander issue because the uh the struggle in america that my family has suffered under that my friends has, uh, have suffered under and that people like you and Karen who I don't know at all except from interacting with you on the internet and mm-hmm. yet what I feel is a commonality of purpose and struggle that connects us and if I don't have anything to say about that that's insightful or that pushes that movement forward then I don't want to be on that stage so I feel you and it's one of the things when you talk about that stage a lot of people get on the stage and not don't really know 
what it takes to be on stage to sacrifice and it's almost they get up there and they bastardize it because they just want the light but don't really realize that a lot of people sacrifice and go through things and sometimes those people don't even want the light on them even though it's deserved sometimes yeah visibility is its own like it's good and it's bad you know you know it's like i think on the come up it feels like well i want to get attention for the things that i'm doing you know i want to make all the list you know i want to get all the followers on twitter and all that shit but then it's also like as you as your platform gets bigger as you rise kind of up the ranks in people's eyes uh people just kind of stop seeing you as equals as far as like your humanity and shit so it can definitely be a lot man i know uh you know the the just the comment section when i look at a lot of a lot of stuff that i read i'm just like yo what is this person thinking you know what i mean about the author you know because and and i mean there are some troll ass bad authors are some bad pieces but sometimes people can almost like dehumanize um as far as uh as far as writing though um it's it's also interesting that uh to not write when you have nothing to say is is a skill that i think people don't really uh understand or respect no they don't because they really think it's about con con it's like the uh the quantity of content yeah and not the quality of content as opposed to pointing somebody like look at these things i wrote they're all really well done as, as instead of uh i wrote 3700 pieces dog like <laughs> yeah but they all bad except yeah. for maybe 10 yeah i've read i like i've read articles where people like completely contradict themselves within the same fucking art and you're just like it's a logic fallacy that just another set of eyes or maybe you know that 30 minutes where you walk away and come back like Trill was talking about maybe that would have helped you out as opposed to you just falling into a a circular logic track that so many people fall into yes that and also what i realized too to the foundation what you were saying before people don't know how to write it's amazing how many people just don't know the foundation of writing and a lot of it is to me it follows to an extent the same extent as journalism who what when where why and how and all that is skipped in people's writing because if you answer those foundational questions, you can write a great piece, but people are trying to do the hot takes. They're not doing research. They're not going to find out anything. Then, you know, next thing you know, this is how a lot of people get caught up in plagiarism. When they don't have nothing to say, they go cut, copy, paste somebody else's shit because they ain't got nothing to say. Um, now, because you write, you know, uh, too long form, as I usually would say. Mm-hmm. Too long. Um, does it help kind of cut back on some of that kind of shit because i feel like people not gonna get too mad at your pieces because most people don't have the patience to take time and read and you know i'm saying you probably already thought of most you know retorts and critiques uh throughout the piece you probably addressed them um look i mean the key uh, I'm, i'm listening to everything you're saying and what i keep coming back to i'm coming back to three three things that i'm thinking of one is when you, when you're talking about the things that allow me to leave out some of the problems that you've brought up, some of the issues you brought up with characteristics of bad writing. Is one I don't write from emotion ever. Mm. Now there might be emotion in my work. There's passion and conviction, but that always comes from logic and fact. Um, and and uh, with a lot of the writing, because of the proliferation of blogs and startup sites, a lot of the writing doesn't have any checks and balances on it. Right. So, 
you have to have some ground in the history. It's almost like hearing when you hear black people talk about civil rights organizations, for example. You know, I worked in civil rights. I know Roy Wilkins. I know the history of the NAACP. I know the difference between the NAACP and NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. And every once in a while, I hear a black person just like, the NAACP ain't shit, and it means this, and it's that. And then white people have been running that since then. And I'm like, no, that's not actually the history. Mm-hmm. And here's how it went. Here's what happened in the 70s. Here's when Andrew Young broke with Jews over Israel, and then this division started. This person was on the board, Roy Wilkins to Kwasi Mfume, there's a complete change and a shift in, in, in Ben Hooks and everyone else and all the other executive directors, but none of you are actually mentioned in that history because you don't know it. Right. So because you're emotionally frustrated with an organization, you start to make grand sweeping statements without understanding the history behind it. So that's one thing that I, I never write unless I understand uh, the topic. The other thing is um, you're talking about quantity versus quality. Now, I write long, but I don't write often. Mm-hmm. And so... I remember when I went to this program called the Iowa Writers Workshop, a really strong writing program, there was one of my friends, Kevin, who was talking about another guy named Stuart. Stuart would write a book every six months. And he was very proud of that. He was like, yeah, I just finished two books this year. And he had like six books. None of them had been sold. I think eventually one of them sold, um, and he's working on his second. But he can't write. Uh, and on top of that, uh, so my man Kevin was like, you know, instead of uh, two books a year and being on your sixth book, I wish you would have taken three years to write one good book. Mm, you know, right. and then your next book might be anticipated instead of people seeing it's your fifth and then like all the other ones were boring too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You don't have to write often, but when you do write, it has to hit so people anticipate that next piece. If you write four pieces and three of them are meh, but one is really good – no one's looking for the fourth one necessarily. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No one's looking for the fifth one. Um, and then I think about the Writer's Workshop. It's one of the top programs in the nation. Pulitzer Prize winners pouring out of here all the time. They co-sponsored a reading by Lena Dunham because one of their mediocre graduates is a writer on girls. And my whole thing is you got to protect your brand. And mm-hmm. that comes back to quantity versus quality in <clears throat> historical research. Your brand is what sells every piece you put out if you establish that you are of a certain level of intelligence and insight people will read if you are the writer's workshop you don't partner with lena dunham to promote her shitty book Mm -hmm. if you are the best restaurant in new york city you don't co-partner for a sandwich at mcdonald's (laughs) brand up right right? it's not worth it you're gonna cake no matter what but your what, what really gets your elite clientele is your brand means so much. Your integrity is intact. They know they can trust you. They can go with you. Um, so I strive to to be that way in my fiction writing and in my 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 freelance pieces. You know, you know what you're getting with, when you when you step up to my piece, even if it is three pages. You know, it's not going to be three pages of drivel. So you'll sit with it, and that's what I strive for people to believe about me when I write. And you don't, uh, and you don't really get a lot of like comments and shit. Cause I feel like, uh, a lot of times the less well written stuff gets a lot of interaction as far as people saying things, but it's typically like stupid people responding to something that was right. stupid that was said. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's as if like if, if an article was like, let me tell you why all lives matter that article is going to get a shit ton of responses even even though it's going to be a lot of people just pointing out the obvious and things of that nature um and it's probably not going to be a very long piece uh do you get a lot of responses that way like 
you know when you're writing about um <laughs> well you like writing about advanced statistics as a uh you know almost a uh retort to some of the things that were said uh with say uh by mike wilbon and his piece mm-hmm. like do you get a lot of response from that all right so the, that's a difficult one because the wilbon piece might have gotten more responses but i wrote that for uh fire starters yeah that's uh i wanted to i wanted to help their site um because i believe in that podcast i believe in the, in their comedy and their insight um but it's not a site with a lot of promotion on it right. um so i did get i think bomani retweeted that which i'm sure helped uh yeah. traffic but mostly i don't get knee-jerk responses like um but i do provoke what is the saying a hit dog hollers Mm -hmm. so i will get responses that are very heartfelt uh from black readers and decent white readers but i also get those troll responses Mm. like i know that it i've cut some ignorant white person deep because they've written five pages in the comment section citing statistics uh, about how black people are scourged to earth and shit like that i don't even read those i i honestly cannot understand how people indulge trolls if you understand the psychology of it you're not even supposed to read their comments it's the lowest form of human human communication those those message uh sections those comment sections when people are just writing ignorant shit don't keep reading black people save your emotions keep them intact right yeah i I tap out that i have a rule don't read the comment section like literally i don't read it i'm like i'm good i read the article all right i'm out yeah i don't read the comment sections and um it's funny with social media now the comments come to you you know what i mean sometimes (laughs) right motherfuckers will come find your your at and be like hey oh i uh first of all i blame obama how come you say that in your article you know shit like that hey but you hit what is that you hitting them with that what was that not the it's not leo dicaprio it's, oh it's not Bieber. it's uh tim lake yeah that's my favorite right now dog i listen uh one day i think i don't know if it's setting in tweet deck or what but it had it was giving me issues with retweeting it like because i send it to any troll and block them um and for some reason it wouldn't let me send the shit and i was like yo did twitter block me from fucking because i'm responding to fucking harassment like so but uh i started changing like punctuation in that bitch because i was like you getting the sweet soul baby <laughs> like this is that chin music you know what i'm saying this is the finishing move you're gonna get some of this so uh, twitter was like uh duplicate post <laughs> yeah it, I, I mean it's it's fine now i fixed it but yeah i was uh i was definitely hitting people up with that shit because i was like nah you catching this uh this heat home boy uh <laughs> you gotta do it like that you gotta make it fun for yourself because it really ain't nothing fun about getting trolled all day unless you can like find some some joy in it for yourself and and because you write long form and i don't how can i phrase this do you find that people with more intelligence and critical thinking have a tendency to read your work not necessarily because i don't think reading long form uh you know to some extent it's about investment and attention span so you're going to get people who are more invested in what i'm writing about will read through regardless of education levels um like i don't think and i don't even know how to define intelligence because i've gone to some of the best institutions with some of the stupidest people on earth um but i know my family members i use them as a gauge they might not all have gone to the best schools or even to school period but when an issue matters to them and they're intelligent and they understand the world they will dig into that issue but the way american culture is set up is that it's just difficult to get anyone of any 
educational background to read anything that's too long. Everything mm. comes in sound bites, clips. It's got to be quick. So I'm writing in what is, to some extent, a dying archaic form, and I understand that. I just think the quality of the piece and the importance of what I'm writing about um, is strong enough to get people hooked. Now, if I was writing some bullshit like five pages about why I think it's great to look at stars, you know, like some self-indulgent shit, uh, nobody should read that. But as mm -hmm. long as you ha have a narrative structure and pertinent points and you know how to write, anyone with intelligence who hops into your narrative will follow it through the end um, as long as you keep them. I mean, that's your job as a writer. You pull them along. It's almost True. like you're a tour guide. Like if you were to take someone uh, on a tour of Charlotte right now, Mm -hmm. You would have like eight spots in mind that really brought home what it meant to live there. You know, it would be the bad writer would be like, hey, on this corner is a rock. <laughs> you know, and then it's like 20 minutes later, you're like, man, I don't ever want to come to fucking Charlotte. What the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> you know, so your job as a writer is to be a tour guide who hits every major site in that city. And by the end of it, the people are like, that's a fascinating fucking city, man. I feel like I know it by now, you know? And, um, like, also, uh, you know, we've kind of come up from the, you know, the wolf, uh, den of, uh, SOHH. Um, I feel like it prepares people for the vitriol of the internet and shit anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it all feels a little bit light work compared to, um, how savage the boys could get so yeah i've, I've never had to deal with that because roger has you know told me the stories and stuff like that i'd be looking at him horrified like they allowed that yeah it, yeah, yeah. That, i didn't even know it wasn't supposed to be like that time went on another message board and got kicked off i was like but all i said was that dude was a punk ass coon they're like yeah, yeah you, no, can't, you can't you can't be cussing at people that. and no. saying shit like that mm. um so it you know it, that but i feel like in a way it kind of toughens i mean not that everyone should do it i'm not saying that's okay but it toughens it toughens you up for a little bit where you kind of like all right well fuck it you know what's the worst thing somebody can say about me that had me said you know yeah but there's a reason too beyond that that you were even able to do those message boards and that those message boards were that way which is that being black in america unless you grow up in very rarefied privileged air you go through the jungle yeah you know like you every day is a battle i mean you are being you you are among the disenfranchised population outside of native americans in the country we are the one yeah outside of native americans who are the most disenfranchised and we are sitting there the society is shitting on us we shit on each other and you build up a defense shield and a quick wit and survival instincts so ain't no message board gonna face me. Nobody's gonna call me a Uncle Tom, a coon, a this or that. And it, dog, it's nothing to me. Like I'm right. walking through that shit like it's drizzling. People pulling out umbrellas like this is storm. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not even getting wet. Yeah, it's that's yeah, that's such yeah, that's such light work. I've I don't I've, I like I only uh one of the few things that significant like will actually draw a chuckle out of me in real life is uh if anybody's ever accused me of being a coon or acting white or so because it's just so foreign to me that I, I can't help but laugh it's just so not my experience growing up that it's just not a scar that i have so it's just so when people like well that see it's, it's opinions like this man to make you a fucking black person hating coon i'm like okay man all right, bro. Well, see, I feel you've gotten that recently uh in my observation i'm not on twitter a lot but yeah. I, I think uh you you would talk. It's funny though. I was talking to Yisha about the same exact concept, and then you went and said it. 
Because oh, I wrote something yeah. on Nate Parker. Yeah, and, uh, yo, I, I hold ironically, it was mm-hmm. talking about Nate Parker that made me say uh basically straight black men are the other white yes, people are black, black people. That was it was because I talked about that dude. It. That's when you were getting it real bad. And uh and, and that's funny. I mean it's that's the, the, the gender problems in this country are that stark and that yeah. gross. Yeah, it's sad, man, because we can experience you know, I, I always say like like not always, but being a black man is pro- is probably like uh so close it's closer to being a white woman than it is to being a black woman uh for a lot of people because we can experience a certain amount of privilege and a certain amount of oppression and we can kind of kind of opt out of certain problems when we want to that's and 100% true that's you know what i'm saying man, that is i've been talking to people about this for years and and part of the the dynamic when people talk about the interracial relationships which uh, interracial relationships exist across all boundaries of right course. But the most prominent prevalent one has always been, in my observation, I don't know about the statistics, so I ain't Mm going to go there and say I know for a fact, but in my observation, black male, white female. Now, you have a group, a subset of those people, it's all about fetishizing. You know, it's like, "Mm, I heard this about white girls. Mm, I heard this about black men. But but a, a large part of it is those people relate to each other in that they have been in rooms for years with mediocre white men who want them around to be an audience for them. And they've been sitting there like, this bum motherfucker, I'm smarter than him, I'm better than him. And there's a bitterness that they build up in a disgust and an ability to hide that that they develop. And when these white women and black men spot each other, they bond in weird ways sometimes where they both have mutual contempt for the person who's been blocking their progress, the white male. And they bond in ways that that you would you would expect black men and, and and black women to bond. A lot of black men bond with white women over that. Black women's experience in America is so different from anyone's. Right. I can't begin to comprehend it. Like I've I've talked to some of my black female friends and I said I don't understand as as an educated black man who is also six six, very well built and strong, attractive, well spoken, all that bullshit, right? right. I'm okay in this society to an extent, and even I, on a daily basis, it takes me so much to get through a day. So I don't know how a black woman gets through a day, let alone gets to 40 years old. I would have fucking gone crazy at fucking 16. So um, what black women deal with is such a next level. And we, when we deny that, um, when we, uh, when we side with our gender over uh, race on certain issues, um, that that uh, affect black women it's really depressing to watch because nobody has uh, has had to bear more of a weight on their shoulders for yeah. black people than black women it's in, it's incredible it's unfathomable really to wrap your mind around it so the contempt for black women among black men really blows my fucking mind yeah and, and the wildest part for black men specifically because like with white women you know whenever they pull the thing where we're all in it together sisters until like you know something happened with a white woman then it's like oh um, well you know y'all need to stop being the pc mafia um but with black men it's specifically bad because black women never really stop rooting for us Mm-mm. so it's like it's always, you know what i mean where it's like damn for the most part sisters will always kind of be like well i still hope either a he gets it together or yeah he's fucked up but you know like it's always like some type of bar lowering for many of us and and honestly until 
social media men i think a lot of men in general uh just did not know how a lot of women were thinking about it you know right. uh, i think there's a ton of people that still are being kind of introduced to this idea that a black woman can find out that nate parker possibly raped a white woman and be like i don't fuck with nate parker yes sir and and and, and to them it's like well what the fuck we got to get together on race right and mm-hmm. you know it's like it's that type of mentality where uh to a certain extent they're always going to be betrayed uh you know by certain groups unless we speak up and uh you know it's funny because you say something and it's like shut the fuck up but to me it's like you said hit dogs be hollering so i ain't i ain't shame um and there was one last thing i wanted to ask too um do you ever have trouble like getting your shit published like is it any topics that you like what do you do when you're the topic you want to broach but you're like ah fuck i don't know if i can write this you know of course i've had pieces uh scrapped now i'm never gonna not broach a topic right so that actually um i I wouldn't be able to live with myself i write about what i what comes into my mind what seems right and i don't think i ever have any extreme views now my views might become extreme uh when bounced off of a mainstream society that refuses to see truth you know i'm not like yo we need black economics take over the country we need this you know nothing i've ever written has been out of step with logic or historical context but when i wrote have i've written pieces for sports illustrated that um they requested and then when they saw it they were like uh we don't know what to do with this Mm. and and it's frustrating on a couple levels one uh, i'll give you an example i mean being a black writer is frustrating in so many ways that i could talk for way too long about it on the level of uh fiction publishing and journalism. But one example is the first time I wrote a piece about race, about Stephen A. Smith and Ferguson and ESPN and the problem with ESPN always um, catering to, you know, cliche views on black pathology is I wrote this piece for the Cauldron and they, two white editors, they didn't know what to do with it. They sat on it for three days when it would have been more timely. Then they sent it to Omani Jones. One of them happened to kind of have a casual relationship with Bo sent it to him to look it over to ask for approval and i'm sitting there as a black man who can write his ass off and also used to work in civil rights and grew up in a housing project and has been in new york north carolina connecticut i understand a lot about the black experience historically in america i shouldn't have to wait for two white editors to sit on a thing and send it to another black man to verify that it's accurate Mm. you know that shouldn't happen that got published and it was such a good story for them. It got so many hits and so much praise that then they sent me an email saying they'd never been more proud to publish a piece on this site, except they didn't want to publish it initially. Right. So they didn't have any, I mean, and, and this is not an insult to them. I have no problem with either one of these people. Right. I, um, I consider them to be uh, strong acquaintances and I, I enjoy communicating with them and, and neither one of them is a bad person. But when you don't know something, you can't, you like if i didn't know i don't know about uh antiquity and ancient greece all right somebody comes to me like yeah i know about that shit that's my shit and they write something on julius caesar i'm not going to be like i uh i don't know if i want to run this i don't have authority <laughs> to say that i don't know i have any basis and knowledge that they're, they're the experts so i run it um and so so that's frustrating now i wrote something else for them about uh ronda rousey right mm-hmm. i wrote a, I wrote a piece and they gave it to Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated didn't want to touch it. Those two inflammatory. Wow. So they ran it on their separate site. 
the thing did 100,000 hits. Sports Illustrated missed out on all that advertising because they were afraid it would offend their core audience. Mm. So very normal things, things that I think are common sense, for instance, and you know this in society, we think it's common sense that uh, cops killing black people is fucked up. Right. But then you run that against the mainstream uh, opinion, and it's like either it's like uh, it's not fucked up, we think it's justified, or it's like – we think it's kind of fucked up. We're going to be silent about it. Right. And we don't want to talk about it or read about it. So what makes something extreme uh, tends to be whatever the social norm is at the time. So in that in that vein, yeah, sure, I'm writing extreme things. Um, but, but I would never silence myself. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I wrote bland articles. Yeah, it was wild is that the people in the decision-making kind of decide who the tastemakers for a lot of uh you know black shit and even women shit and every everybody else's shit is you know so um i remember i think every black dude that is in the sports and on some level is pro black has heard the words i was reading whitlock or have you heard of jason whitlock from a white person and went fuck like Cause they get the, cause someone else got to choose that person as the, the, that's the opinion we will print. That's the one we don't need to run by another black person because it jives with what we already kind of believe and what we think our readers believe. Right. So, you know, you can go straight to, to the front page with some of that shit. You can get that radio show. It's just, you know, a lot of times it's just depressing because, you know, the person who's, picked to represent us you know is not a person that represents us you know um our you know even when they first started the idea of like black um you know the 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 undefeated and i remember when people were like well whitlock's gonna head it i was like then it's not gonna work right you know (laughs) a lot of people opted out it wasn't it wasn't like i'm not with him it was a long time ago and it wasn't and like people like i was gonna work because espn i said it won't fucking work because you can't dedicate a site towards black people where he's involved. You can mm-hmm. only dedicate that site towards white people mm-hmm. while under the guise of pretending to be towards black people. It right. can't, mm-hmm. it'll never work the way that you think it's supposed to work. And it didn't work. You know, I'm not, I'm not shocked at all, but, right, me um, but that's it's the this. thing. That's the people who decided that who made that decision are people that typically, don't have to worry about any level of uh commitment to our community and his ideas already jive with what they think so what you know what's the what's the vet yeah they replicate their own opinions well the the thing is the capitalism itself in theory capitalism and meritocracy in theory makes sense as far as the practice in america they're so distorted and extreme and so the thing is you are still a society regardless of what economic system you follow. In capitalism, free market cannot come at the expense of decency and right. of the health of a society. So all of these people are thinking about money. So my my piece on Rousey not getting published, um, a piece I wrote on Richard Sherman, uh, which I kind of I put back together and, and I published on The Root, and got retweeted all over the place. They got plenty of views on that. They would not run with that on The Cauldron. The, the Sports Illustrated needs to flatter the conceit of its audience when the real job of a journalist regardless uh, of money is to challenge the audience challenge the audience and push it to different limits intellectually give it new perspectives 
And ESPN is not trying to do that when they when they hire someone like Jason Whitlock or when they have someone like Stephen A. Smith on the air. Let's be honest. If we're talking about people we interact with in terms of black people, how they vote, how they think socially, when you see them at family gatherings, we might have one out of 50 who has the opinions of a Jason Whitlock or Stephen A. Smith on most issues. Right. And yet these are always the most prominent speakers and personalities on these networks. Which means they're somehow finding the absolute minority among black people, and they're putting them out there as a spokesperson for black people. Because you know Um, why? That shit becomes synonymous with being excellent in white people's eyes. Like, they think, oh, this is the exceptional Negro. It's like, no, they're literally the exception. Like, they're, like, not exceptional, but they are just the person that is constantly uh on the outskirts and demonizing black culture like that person will continue to get gigs you know that's why you can't really watch the news hustling they're hustling white people knowing their ego they don't like white people either they've just Mm -hmm. identified the stupidity of white people and the vanity of them and they're like i get it just say anything you want me to say and you'll pay me two million dollars got it boss right right i hate them too uh, it's not it's not your racism that's the problem it's the niggas right uh all right um uh anyway shout out to cam Newton. uh the official <laughs> weapon <laughs> that's my nigga man i feel so bad but anyway oh. the uh this is the blackout tips you can find us on itunes and stitcher just you know leave us five star reviews and we'll read them on the air as long as they're nice the official weapon of the show is the taser and an unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme uh let's get right into the news okay guys a lot of news is going on and we need to cover it um uh did you guys ever heard of the uh men going their own way movement Mm-mm. yeah yes men going their own way uh it's a group of men who have never slept with another woman after deciding that men are victims in relationships and have their own lines their own online society uh mgtow or men going their own way is an online movement that has attracted thousands of anti-feminist men who have decided that women are more trouble than they are worth and in fact are holding men back from reaching their potential uh scouring the community's reddit thread which has over fifteen thousand subscribers the mgtow.com web forms readers can find topics being discussed that include everything from craziest woman women you've ever dated to why women are getting fatter <laughs> <laughs> Al Bundy did it better, but I, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, ma'am. Yeah, that no, ma'am. I almost got a no, ma'am shirt, but then I was like, I'm so old, I don't think motherfuckers would get the reference, and it'll just look like I'm a hating ass <laughs> old nigga. <laughs> do they do they have a thread of why I live in my mama's basement? <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Apparently they they uh, also said the men dis- subscribing to the ethos of the movement believe they are fighting for male sovereignty against women who would otherwise treat them like a disposable utility however that description attracts those with a lack of respect or a- even an o- object abject hatred of women that not only pervades its forms but even spilled out uh spelled out in the history section of the website there the writer argues incorrectly naming time magazine as a source while linking to an article reportedly reporting on the facts of the british medical journal published study that because men have been proven to take more idiotic risks than women 
that this is why they are successful and women in history are not of course uh and he even relabels the web pay the web the wage gap as the accomplishment gap oh yeah y'all just ain't accomplished enough ladies step your game up women's uh he complains that men are no longer revered or respected on a most basic level for their contributions and past sacrifices and should therefore avoid relationships with women entirely that's not true a lot of them anger trolls fucking a woman every day out there all them thousands of people Mm-mm. nah they just hate women even though they fucking them uh despite the movement's champion uh championing of bravery as masculinity it hides the identity of its founder or founders by claiming its history is too convoluted and goes back too far to document and even compares its rise to the discovery of fire adding that perhaps feminism is gasoline no you don't want to deal with the backlash so that's why mm. uh well they think feminism infringes on the rights of men and uses on the forum rage against career women but also spew bilious prose about women they perceive to be gold diggers men brag about dumping women who prove themselves to be feminazis but also about fooling their past sexual conquest uh some of the topics both such titles as the state exists only to transfer your money to women and <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> oh it sounds like something about old child support <laughs> uh the oh this one's in quotes right the quote-unquote domestic abuse machine as an apparatus for men's enslavement (laughs) women out there whooping ass apparently Uh it's statistics on that yeah you know how y'all get us caught up in the system by making us abuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. y'all always have to warn against that man wasn't that steven asia don't hey don't provoke (laughs) yeah (laughs) i tell i tell my sister all the time skip don't provoke that man you don't want to make daddy angry uh <laughs> yeah uh at any rate um <laughs> this is beyond the fat shaming slut shaming and even the age shaming that is right throughout the site its users also seem to align themselves firmly with the so-called outright the website even has instructions on how members can reach certain levels borrowing one plot device from the movie the matrix to describe themselves as red pill men who have expunged a period of unenlightened unenlightened blue pill existence from their lives take a few more pills you know what's wild is like they basically are like i'm so awake and woke to this world that i recognize we had it right in the 1700s like i'm so i have progressed to the final stage which is taking it back to caveman shit Mm -hmm. and all that is to the future what a punky concept yep (laughs) all that is the bro fest yeah uh (laughs) i just want to i just want to know how the fuck you get so anti-woman you like i can't i won't even fuck one dog that like real talk i'm so manly with my manism dog hey only thing touch this dick is me you know what i'm saying you know i'll i'll fuck another man before i touch a woman you know what i'm saying bro (laughs) (laughs) we we that straight we so straight we super straight i I got a cousin who used to talk in that pimpology like that and he was telling me uh because i was excited that i had a new girlfriend he's like man you sound like a square i was like why he's like man i don't even fuck these hoes because this dick is valuable you know how much protein is in one little load of semen so a woman got to take me out to dinner just to compensate what i'm gonna waste and i 
I was looking at this motherfucker like this man is out of his damn mind. Aww. But you know, hearing, hearing you read that uh, whole description, this dick ain't free. <laughs> this dick cost a dinner. It cost eighteen grams of protein. My cousin said. That's now, what I should have now, now, hold up, now, guys, hold up. Now, I do believe in this. Okay, I think men <laughs> men have been giving away the dick. Entire uh, this dick stock market is at an all time low. It is because we're class just everywhere. We're just giving it away like napkins, straws, and paper towels. Come on, like your side sauces. Yeah, I feel like we need to step our games up and value your dick. Now, I'm not saying that you should not, uh, you know, have sex. I think that's beyond ludicrous. But just you know, you should make a work for it, man. Think about how many times you just offer dick for no reason uh you don't value yourselves you know that's why i say man look no matrimony no mattress no money okay <laughs> no wedding no bedding okay not... that's that new one gotta have a job if you want to be with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Go on with the rent. Yeah. no ring no dingling is what we say <laughs> uh we, we just want to up the value of the man my book wouldn't make no money like uh, you can no. only make this kind of money talking to women like this niggas would not buy they would my book would have so much dust on it at the <laughs> at the book signing where it'll just be you know who would be at my book signing women, women buying books to give to men yeah. <laughs> you'd be the number one seller buy yourself tyrone uh hey, I, I had a i had a, a buddy a white friend his girlfriend was going on and on about how great this movie was. You remember that movie about wine called Sideways? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, so she kept going on about that. And then he had been quiet the whole time. He looked up from his meal, and he said they could have just called that movie, honestly, Two Losers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I, and the whole time you were reading this description of this group and shit, they could just call this group a bunch of losers. <laughs> I don't even need the acronym. Dog, that movie was terrible. I I watched it after, like on DVD or whatever. After they got all that praise and shit, so I was like, "Oh shit, I I'll just rent this from Netflix and watch it." Uh, this back when Netflix didn't really have streaming, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just watch this shit because everybody says it's great." Bro, I was like halfway through the movie, like, "What the? F- when is the shit gonna get good? Like, ain't it supposed to be funny or something?" Ah, oh, white people, that's, man. That's that's wet. I call that the movies are wet. W E T. It's just like B E T. But white people don't recognize what we, what W E T is because they're so used to their shit being the norm. But that mm-hmm. a two losers rolling around drinking wine, no different from some coon ass movie with somebody like drinking malt liquor and eating watermelons. Right. Yeah. rap. It's the same. It's the white equivalent, bro. Nobody wants to see that shit except a loser white person. Get out of here with this. Yeah, white people be super serving whiteness and call, and then that shit get awards. But it be something like... Because like, it's so abstract. It's so different. You be like, motherfucker, this is some bullshit. Yeah, like, I get... I feel upset with the Oscars for the fact that I know it's power brokering. Mm-hmm. So I want black people and people you know lgbtq people i want everybody to get a chance to win right so i that's the only but as far as like their taste nah like i hate oscar like most oscar bait movies i walk out of like that shit wasn't even good like at no point did you approach a good movie it's just really 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 white there's no black people in it and the story is telling is extremely white or extremely white serving you know yeah and roger glass at me but i I, and maybe this is just me i'm not even gonna lie i have my cap on my whiteness that i kind of let in my life when it comes to tv shows and i watch a lot of different stuff and stuff with white people in it 
but it's some shit i watch and roger will laugh at me he'd be like this is the best shit ever i was like that's white people shit fuck it i got enough white people shit in my life yeah she'll walk out the room or something hey, this a saturation point we've been watching yep. it our whole lives after a while you do get sick of it yeah, Karen will walk out on something good if it's like. Hey, I, I got, I support it even if it's good. I support it. I ain't mad. I ain't never, I ain't never tried to get her back no, in there. And, I'd be and, like, oh, so you're not watching Breaking Bad? All right, cool. All right, I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and finish this. Yeah, ain't and, no, ain't nothing personal. And I don't know. It just recently started. I don't know why. I don't know what came over me, but I got to the point where I was like, you know what? Especially with all the stuff on social media stuff, he sells like, I've had enough. Like, like me like this is this was my wall kind of i know it might sound silly but it's my own internal protest where i'm like you know what ain't no color in this i'm out <clears throat> yeah people just get so pushy about tv shows and shit but yeah i've had plenty of shows i don't like um i don't watch no shows about white people selling drugs no more because they whack yeah like i didn't watch breaking bad until it was not just the last season but i think they broke it up into two parts i started watching at the during the break of the last season you so sure did. and i caught up by the time the last episode aired that was the only show i've ever watched live of them but the reason i put off five years of this fucking show is because i was like it's about a white dude selling drugs right and everybody's like yeah but it's so good man you i mean you really have to see it man i mean this guy's a tour de force when it comes to acting i'm like dog why is it always so fucking interesting when white people sell drugs but when niggas sell drugs it's just the 11 o'clock news like it's nobody give a fuck when niggas sell it nobody care about that the only time they cared about niggas selling drugs on tv was the wire and by david simon you know my nigga as, as he would say but ah! <laughs> and they didn't even care about that by the way right and they didn't even watch they didn't that tune in, didn't nominate it nothing nothing <laughs> dog it's so it's just so funny dog like i i try watching weeds man i i've never been angry at a show man if he was that like that was trash i lasted like three episodes right if he was like dude they had selling drugs nigga <laughs> oh yeah and people right man it's so good you gotta check it out i'm like wait a minute is this the show though she gonna be selling weed that's the show yeah man but it's like so much more than that so good nah man i'm out it's not cute to me yeah <laughs> i can't watch this show without thinking like these niggas would go it's to jail if they was black either. it's yeah. all collective delusion it's just playing the delusion that all the best thing that white people have, have going for them when they make tv shows is they mind the depth of their angst not right. even shit they're doing like products of their success like our marriage is failing our son is he got kicked out of private school yes i'm a failing suburban mom and i decided to sell drugs because i'm bored yeah. you know i mean get the fuck out of here a chemistry teacher who sells meth and what am i watching macgyver this nigga blew up <laughs> you tell me chemistry teacher went to a drug uh, ring leader a mexican drug cartel nigga and and had a bomb in his pocket <laughs> that he cooked up in his school lab and blew up his whole shit. I was done with the show right there. I said, "This is the Three Stooges right here. It's a comedy." <laughs> hey, dog. This hey the best part of that. Oh, you know why I can? You know, I'm not, you just reminded me why I can watch Breaking Bad. Cause it's okay for me to think he's a fuck nigga for the whole time. That was why I got through it. Is I was like I live tweeted it and people were waiting for me to come around. I was like, I don't like this dude like it was all hubris dog motherfucker had cancer but had rich people trying to give him money to help cure his cancer dog he had rich people that sold a company and felt so bad they wanted to give him money so he could be rich too and the nigga was like nah i'm gonna sell these drugs 
it was so like that was enough for me to hate him for the whole show you know with everything else he was doing lying about selling drugs i was rooting for the people that was against him it was good <laughs> yeah now i remember I, I had to flash back to why i watched that show because i was like i don't even like shows like that but now that i think about it, i was rooting for hank i was rooting for his wife that don't like him i fuck with his son when he cussed his ass out uh it made him take that car back like yeah i like everybody except him yeah and, and i think for me for a lot of these shows because i'm black i like uh the black people in them i don't want to be real people like i haven't seen what was the sons the anarch anarchy anarchy mm-hmm. but just just doing clips of that i was like ain't no niggas look like that they don't act like that y'all y'all bought these now that's straight out of straight yeah, out of acting school that was a bad show period but that was not a bad show yeah that was a transcendently bad oh, show that yeah. was the bottom three show in the history of america <laughs> that, that show was, was so bad Sons of anarchy. nigga the first time niggas showed up and they was all they all looked like they went and cast those negroes from like some broadway production they got like, the highest rankings which which yeah. wouldn't have been that offensive right if not for the fact that every white biker and extra looks like a motherfucking real hell's angel like you know what i mean like they took so much time to make these white dudes meticulously grungy uh and then these white these black dudes come in and motherfucking like polos and backpacks and you're like facial hair right and then no dreads right and then they supposed to be these like feared gangsters but the white dudes always come in and like what do you niggers want (laughs) and the the black dudes are like you know what jacks you be tripping but let's make a deal i'm like nobody would talk like that bro these dudes had like 14 people in the crew they took on every nigga gang mexican gang they took on the ira the fbi they were shooting there was one scene where they were against mexicans with machine guns they dodged the machine guns and pulled out the old school six shooter and killed them. i was like this these motherfuckers and then popped off onto the motorcycle like it was nothing they fought the yakuza the fuck would the yakuza be doing in that little podunk ass town bro ah! the yakuza worked at the chinese restaurant it was just so ridiculous man oh it was like a comedy disguised as an action show bro oh they were white people lost their mind so much in delusion on that show that they've sent them against other white people let 14 random white people go to ireland and fuck with the ira and come out alive please dog oh shit man Whew. what is uh yeah i know people mad we talk about their favorite shows but guys these shows are silly uh <laughs> borderline illiterate because how come that nigga was reading from his father's diary for eight seasons bro <laughs> reading like three sentences at a time what the fuck's wrong with you <laughs> and who the fuck who the fuck writes that much stuff that would be relevant later you know it's like when he would be going through a hard time with his mom his dad would be like you know that's the thing about his mom is she always was really hard to get along with but you gotta love her anyway and like uh riding through this world that's the worst soundtrack of any show ever right i definitely wouldn't kill my wife Gemma, if i was you today because that would that would fuck up the whole show damn dad was right Uh, (laughs) all right um let's see what else oh and fuck them niggas in that site oh yeah yeah obviously that site was whack that site was white oh did y'all watch the debate last night i did i followed the live tweets because i can't watch donald trump live yeah he's uh he did exactly what i thought he would do you know he came through um made everything up it's like a comedian freestyling basically 
a lot of insults um shit like that a lot of cutting her off every time she started talking which is something i've noticed with almost all republican candidates is that they bully their opponents um which is funny because after obama you would think people would realize that rope dope style in a debate is what wins debates now mm-hmm. like not not being the one who attacks but being the one who's graceful while being attacked seems to be the thing that america gravitates towards it's like oh because you know it was many a time where i know niggas are sitting on their couch rooting for obama to walk across stage and slap a white person but he would just be so like graceful under fire where he's like okay well i guess that's what you believe now mitt and you're like oh you got him with the with the little little jab right there without having to come out of pocket but um that's what hillary seemed to have learned from you know her time uh dealing with obama because she used to be like that i remember when they had debates and she was the one in a way cutting him off and shit and he had to be the one that was that was cool you know the one that hit her with the i like her enough and shit like that yeah hillary <clears throat> hillary hit them with the shimmy she she had got her liquids up she she honey she had she got, went coughing she went coughing she <clears throat> didn't take a sip of water she had done her yoga and she was ready to stand i swear she got them black women in her ear dog because it's, it's the only thing that makes sense for some of these comebacks i'm like a white person wouldn't have thought of it that way you know it wouldn't surprise me if they <clears throat> if if they did like test runs with her like actually, well obviously they do d- debate prep right but i'm I, I mean i take it beyond debate prep okay i'm saying like some of these lines where she's like you know he does live in his own reality where you just like white people don't even like i don't think you would say that unless mm-hmm. sister like y'all tested that line because she yes. is you know she's so she over prepares yep mm-hmm. so she hit him with that chapter 11 nigga you know she hit her with, you know she hit him with the chapter 11 she's hit him with it on twitter before and i was like what sister got paid to write that <laughs> you know what i mean her even her tweets man because it'd be like delete your account that's nigga shit like she didn't say that there's no way she said that so yeah she hit him with a bunch of shit she was winning it wasn't really uh, what was was it a black person who took over your man howard dean bruh <laughs> Howard Dean said he think Donald he was on that, that cocaine. Oh shit! Snorting that white girl, and uh, they asked him to take it back. He was like, "Nah, they need to test him too." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he on something that Adderall or something. <laughs> Trump was sniffing though. He was sniffing hard last night. It's it's like between every like because his his thing he kept doing was like anytime somebody got ready to say something, he kept being like wrong wrong like over and over but it was like wrong like oh you got a cold or something bro wrong i'm like yo you need to you need to take a break and uh you know they did this thing for like an hour and some change and nobody that took a break to even take a piss or anything it was Mm -hmm. like two old people standing around that long i mean it's a miracle really like i would have needed to take a piss at some point but uh or take a break sit down for a second they stood the whole time um my man lester holt asked them about uh race of course and this is when everybody started really paying attention on my timeline and i think he had trump go first and he just illustrated why the fuck you can't call these candidates both the same on race Mm -hmm. and shit like that i know it's like the woke thing to say the catchy thing to say the, ain't they both to say no yeah like i'm gonna win i'm gonna win the woke olympics by saying they don't genuinely care about black people like well nobody expected them to genuinely care i don't expect them to actually genuinely care about anything as president that's 
really not part of the job description i don't genuinely care at when i go to my nine to five type job like <laughs> you get those taxes done yet i mean yeah but i'm not gonna cry over you know what the fuck the bank the balance sheet look like right, right. anyway <clears throat> so they asked him first and this motherfucker said first of all black people are living in hell can't walk down the street without getting shot um which is his new way of <clears throat> using a very um patriarchal way of getting to black on black crime so it's like these poor black people they can't stop killing each other and that's why i want to bring back national stop and frisk i don't think you guys understand national stop and frisk he wants to spread stop and frisk nationally stop and frisk is it was ruled unconstitutional yes sir when lester holt corrected him and said yo that's an unconstitutional practice it was ruled unconstitutional he said wrong that was- facts don't matter facts <laughs> don't goddamn matter facts don't matter at all and there was some ignorant ass folks sitting at home going donald you right oh and that's what's fucking insane about the whole in- the whole situation that's what's so good about hillary is she was like smiling the whole time because like she was ready she really could not have had a better opponent like if she can't be him then she was never gonna be president for anybody because right uh like he's so he all you have to do is shut up and just let him keep talking because you can just sit there and be like damn this dude is a fool without saying anything because the whole time people are just like i can't believe he's saying this and sure there's people in the country that agree with him but anyone who's either objective or whatever like you're not convincing anyone to vote for you and what you are convincing a lot of people is that you're a huge danger to the nation um so yeah it was it was interesting man um and uh of course hillary won the debate but that's really not saying i don't think anyone thought she would lose right and, and they his, just thought people would have lower expectations for trump yeah and his whole thing was <clears throat> i'm gonna wing it like that was his whole thing i'm gonna come out unprepared wiggity boogity dog he bragged about not paying taxes first he said well, nah, he, but he actually didn't say that if you oh okay if you listen to him post debate yeah at the debate ah, he didn't at the debate everybody got it wrong and all your stupid scientific polls are stupid and dumb and something was wrong with this mic it was turned up too loud yeah it's mike the only reason he lost because the mic was messed up guys but yeah he it, they asked him about his taxes at first they were like when you gonna release your taxes and he had three different answers which was like i'll release them after i get done being audited i've been audited 15 years in a row red flag um but he's like i'm not mad about it or anything i'll release them out when they're done being audited then he was like i'll release them in the same in the same answer by the way not later he's like well i'll release them when she releases her emails what about those thirty-three thousand emails that went missing when you gonna release those uh and, and then i forget what the third other time mark that he was like i'll release him then i'll release him after this it was just like a whole it was like three different reasons to not give up his uh his 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 irs uh tax stuff and then later hillary went well he won't tell you because he ain't paid taxes the tax she's like the tax returns that we have seen from however many years ago they both show he owed zero in taxes after he just on stage today bragged about having over six hundred eighty-five thousand, eighty-five million dollars in income this year and he went that's because i'm smart and then she nailed him with well that's zero money for troops zero money for the police like zero money for all the organizations you say that you support right like all the shit and you're bragging about it you're happy 
to not pay somebody and you think that's what's gonna work for america so uh at any rate man i enjoyed the debate just it was i wasn't even gonna watch it at first but it was oh just, i wouldn't if you had to turn it on i sure wouldn't have. it was such good buffoonery and uh black twitter just makes it great uh yes black twitter for the win especially black photoshop twitter yeah they they just they did their thing man you can't even get well, mad now you're gonna talk about black twitter I got to go at a certain point to hit a talk, but I do want to be on with y'all because I got to hear what y'all say about that commercial. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about Mary J. Blige. You talking about black Twitter, man. Yeah, I was just about to play it. I don't know um, if you're going to be able to hear it because you said you couldn't hear the audio earlier, but I will play it real quick. Uh, Look, I already have it committed to memory, so I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Okay, you ain't seen it? Okay, hold on. Now I got to put it on screen. Okay, give me one second here, Karen. I um, seen, like, the pictures, but I hadn't seen the. We going to get you caught up to speed Ooh, real okay. quick. You you remember when they did the spoof for her Burger King commercial? Nigga, yes. Cake? Somehow she surpassed a spoof of herself. Hit, all right, so I'm going to play it um, and trill i will let you know when it's done playing because i don't think you're gonna be able to hear the audio so uh it's only like i don't know 30 seconds to a minute so uh, i'll play it first and then uh when it's done i'll let you know let's see if an officer stops you always be polite and never ever run away promise mama you'll keep your hands inside is it a gun is it a knife is it a wallet this is your life it ain't no secret it ain't no secret no secret my friend you can get killed just for living in your american skin oh all right so <laughs> ah, she might as well you not gonna cry you not gonna <laughs> cry you not gonna shed no tears <clears throat> yes mary uh yeah i too was a lover and a secretary yes um all right you still there walk okay cool yeah uh so <laughs> that was that was some good coding <laughs> i like that <laughs> hillary, hillary was looking at her like who the fuck am i gonna fire for agreeing to this shit <laughs> she she grabbed her hand dog that's my favorite part when she leaned for it and grabbed hillary's hand hillary's just looking like what am i supposed to do is she's touching me she's touching me uh <laughs> security uh, like, i i kind of was looking like she was like this bitch ain't got no range <laughs> We have too much violence up in this dancery, and we're gonna need some help, Hillary. We need some. <laughs> I was talking to to KC the other day, and uh, yeah, all you really want is to be happy, the girl, don't you? What's the four one one on us getting some some police oversight? Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's up there with crispy chicken. Yes. <laughs> I thought she could. I thought she couldn't top crispy chicken. Apparently, she can. She sang to the future president of the United States about some black people dying. Dog, oh my god! I'm here for it. Yeah, I think they released a whole song now. So Ah! 
it's like a whole thing they got like a single attached to it and everything yes Whew. yo america this, this is worse than when wyclef went on Chappelle's show with that terrible if i was president song oh man <laughs> i remember that man I be buried on Tuesday. Fascinated <laughs> by Wednesday. Crispy chicken by Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Mary. They was gonna get somebody to say it, I guess. You know, it could have been worse. You know, could have had like LL Cool J do a rap for. Ooh, uh, yeah, Mr. Scared. White Man. <laughs> I hope you understand. <laughs> Uh, nah, she'd have had to put a divider up because he'd have been licking his lips so hard, spit have been flying on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have tried to. He would have tried to lick his lips at the president, dog. He would have did it. It'd have been him, gra- him grabbing her hand would have been a very different thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Touch it, why don't you? Touch it, why don't you? <laughs> You're doing it and doing it and doing it well. <laughs> Yeah, I would have, uh, yeah, that would have probably been the only thing worse. But yeah, Mary J, man, she, um, album coming out soon. Uh, and the interview's coming out on Apple September 30th. So. Okay. Oh, in a few more days. Yeah, I, I actually kind of want to see the interview now because I want to know what the transition was for her to start singing them bars Me like too. that. <laughs> for her to go from, like, you can't, you mind if I sing you something? I know Hillary's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, well friday gonna be extra black you got mary j blige and luke cage yeah that's true that's true you know what you know what it reminded me of and i don't know why maybe i'm bugging but for some reason i flash back to that real super old season of uh the real world Mm. when the one dude came out with the d da dun dun oh my nigga david (laughs) my nigga david tonight tonight. Yes. You told Come. the cops, I seen the way you treated other blacks you arrested. <laughs> Come, Come on, me, my baby, tonight. <laughs> 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 oh shit, man. Well, I know, I know. You say you gotta get out of here, Trill, man. Thank you so much for your time, thank bro. Thank you, sweetie. Hey, no, thank you both for having me. It was a pleasure. The hardest working duo in podcast history. Uh, always a pleasure just to be in the presence of greatness. And uh, thank you for giving me a platform to even talk anytime man real respect real man and uh make sure you guys go ahead check out td williams man like i said he's got some already got a collection of great pieces man over at like i said si the cauldron uh the root uh you know just somebody that uh you know you guys always see when he comes out with something i'm always retweeting it sharing it on our facebook page and shit like that uh and i don't just do that for everybody so make sure y'all do that all right true have a good one sweetie y'all take care peace peace all right um let's see what else let's get into um no let's let's do some more news we got got time we got time um a mother is left shaking when a police officer threatens to arrest her for breastfeeding in public put titties put the titties away put the titties away let go of those titties ma'am is that deadly breast milk uh white milk matters uh yeah georgia mother was threatened by a police officer for breastfeeding in public because we know how dangerous that is to the community oh people get on my fucking nose with titties like oh yeah these women breastfeeding keep it going 
the thing that's weird about it is i know people shouldn't sexualize breastfeeding and that's where a lot of the root comes because we sexualize the breast the even though it just serves a function that really has nothing to do with sex we've still Mm. we've sexualized breast that's just what it is which you know i understand i'm not trying to redraft the ideas of what people find attractive that that won't happen in my lifetime um but what i do find interesting is let's say that you really do find titties to just be sexual even when they're got a little baby sucking on them come on then why wouldn't you just shut the fuck up if that really was your big gripe was like oh those titties are too sexy to be out feeding that child then shut up and look at some titties i like if it was that fucked up like what how is it you legally in georgia it's not it's not illegal to freak breastfeed in public Mm -hmm. He's going Most places it's not. So you're going to take a a mother to jail. What's going to happen to her child while this happens? Come on. Because you saw a titty? You couldn't handle a titty, bruh. You think this is the same as, and not saying this should be illegal either, but you think this is the same as a woman just like walking into a restaurant, pulling her titties out and running around yelling. That's what, like, in, in your mind, that is the same. You think this is the same as like a strip club pornography you think this this act of love the most nurturing thing a mom can do for a child is somehow too sexy for man anyway um uh savannah shuckler from columbus georgia was left in tears when she was stopped by a deputy while shopping at the piggly wiggly don't get more southern than that ain't that the truth uh with her two young children and her sister on sunday while nursing a deputy approached me right when i was about to leave and informed that i needed to cover up because someone might find it offensive she wrote on facebook i repeated the lack the law back to him stating that georgia state laws can't says i can breastfeed wherever i want as long as i'm authorized to be there oh yeah and shout out to um her for knowing the law that's when you that's when you know you don't fucked with the wrong one because most people wouldn't even know the law she's just like actually sir statute 9 3.275 she probably found out before (laughs) she even started because she probably knew it was gonna be problems right he's like one of those one of them informed people and it might be one of them things too not trying funny like she may have been kind of heavy breasted or something like that when she was like okay i already know i put my titty out even if it's small it don't matter but she was like it's gonna be a problem well there's a lot of people that you know are kind of almost activists in this area right so it's not that um you know outlandish for them to be people that uh would say you know i expect some some problems so i'm gonna be prepared you know the same way black people know the laws everywhere they go just because we like cops might run up on us now we know it don't count to know it but still right at least you know it uh so she said miss shuckler said that instead of accepting that she was within her rights to breastfeed in public the deputy told her no ma'am that's not the case you just think you know what the law says and if your nipple becomes exposed i really don't want to have to arrest you or you be arrested for being offensive this isn't like the first amendment where you can say something offensive the deputy reportedly told miss shuckler miss shuckler said she then repeated the georgia state laws to him only for him to point out that he could already see my areola god he was on her titties pressed hard i can i can already see some uh lord jesus just leave this woman alone ma'am i'm gonna have to i mean put them i'm gonna have to strap them titties down and uh maybe put uh, some handcuffs on you you know maybe slap it around a little bit because uh uh, i don't appreciate uh i I swear that's a little i'm drooling i'm drooling that is definitely some areola right there so i might have to just uh whoo uh it's getting out of here or is it just me what did he charge her with 
nothing he just warned her and you know obviously fucked up her whole day you know he told her that if someone saw her nipple even if she was trying to cover up that he would have to arrest her and they really didn't want to arrest her for him to see my areola he would have had to be staring very hard she right. said uh she explained on on facebook i'm so upset that about it and i understand why this type of harassment can cause moms to stop breastfeeding in public a lot of women don't breastfeed at all because of that because they don't want to deal with it she vowed to report the incident and said she was grateful to a paralegal named april who was also in the piggly wiggly at the time and took a photo of the confrontation april shared her own message on facebook alongside the photo of the officer talking to miss shuckler uh this is the deputy arguing with savannah about breastfeeding her infant while she's in the grocery store with her other child telling her that it is indecent exposure because she felt it necessary to set up to step up out of his way to stop a to he found it necessary to step up out of his way to find a, to stop a woman breastfeeding out her child and tell her that even though the baby is hungry she should cover up see the thing is savannah was quite covered you can see from the picture she's wearing a maternity bra and a dress that does not expose herself all she was doing was feeding a hungry baby while trying to do some shopping so she went through the trouble of having a maternity bra bra which means it's probably a bra you can just flip up mm-hmm. so you know and just let the baby suck right. a lot of times when women do this in public a lot of times they have like a cloth or a sheet or something you can over see the- you can see in the chat like it's just oh, okay. like this clothes actually has like an area oh for it you. was designed for that oh and it's actually designed to wrap the baby in it right ah. no you can't see it unless you like walk up on her being like it's just some titties man put your titties and get on the ground put those titties yeah. god damn put he, he those titties away ass, and he didn't arrest her because he knew he couldn't arrest her and it would just be a big ass incident he just wanted to come over there and fucking harass that woman the sheriff the sheriff uh posted on uh twitter uh, I have seen it and am aware of a post circulating on Facebook regarding the situation between a Mus- Muscogee uh, County deputy and a woman attempting to breastfeed her young child. My wife and I have four children, each of whom were breastfed. Two of my daughters now have small children of their own. Therefore, I fully understand and appreciate the right of a woman to feed her child wherever she is most comfortable. It is also a law in the state of Georgia. We are currently looking into the incident and will be addressed. Our office does not condone these actions and will ensure all officers know and understand the law. On behalf of the Muscogee, uh county sheriff's office i would like to personally extend an apology to the woman involved and we hope she knows that these are not the opinions or practices of the office as a whole nothing's gonna happen to the office so fuck you you're not doing anything later on later on he said earlier this afternoon i was able to meet with savannah at the office in reference to the breastfeeding incident at piggly wiggly i reiterated my stance on breastfeeding as a father and a grandfather my children were all breastfed and would never condone law enforcement officers telling my wife that she should stop feeding our own our child as or face arrest this is a very serious complaint and i'm very concerned about savannah and uh we have filed a formal complaint so it does look like they're doing something karen okay all right <laughs> a lot of times when you hear them fucking generic ass answers you like okay y'all that mean y'all ain't doing nothing right yeah well it sounds like they are uh doing something let me switch to the second session real quick mm-hmm. but um yeah sound like they are doing something so that's good i mean what what more can they you know do and he's the sheriff so it's not like it's a nobody talking about we gonna get this man like it's a person in a position to do something about it that is yeah. promising to do something. Man, it shouldn't have bothered that woman in the first place. Yeah. You just Man. want to see her titties and if somebody was you, sir, nobody else got them complained. Right. Uh, we're, we're such Puritans and such children sometimes. Like, no matter how 
far as society feels like it's come sometimes we come right back to the same like ooh boobie <laughs> like feeling inside that you have when you're like a kid uh speaking of boobies amber rose is about to get paid eight million dollars for a world tour to discuss sex and love make your money right man she hustled that shit hard i'm not mad at her yeah it's funny man because it i always felt like she's a person that basically became somebody because people hate women right like it really was easy for her quote unquote uh now i'm not saying easy like her life's easy as shit but i mean people that hate her made it easy because like they were hating everything she was about every time she had something to say people were trolling you have you know especially being around hip-hop which is one of the most like misogynistic well openly misogynistic like art forms and some of the personalities dudes having it they make her relevant Mm -hmm. as opposed to just kind of being like um you know it's like instead of being like oh cool and you know she's just this really attractive woman it's man this bitch gold digging and she's this and she's that and you give her a platform y'all, y'all keep her name trending and now she about to make more money than most of them rappers that sit back and try to make her discuss slut shaming and define right. and explain it and she making real money she ain't making uh you no know, money and then having the uh it, the a video taking out of the account and the cars and the shit rented nah she making all this money hoods i want to see what happens when the backlash of women who quote unquote have studied this and ivy league people and that you know the way they do beyonce when it's like oh Feminism. you know, yeah. yeah people are now allotting you for your feminist uh ideals and shit uh and they're not super sophisticated and they're not extra ex- extremely well researched and you didn't go through the proper ivy league channels for us to respect your opinion i bet she's gonna catch a lot of that flack like it's gonna be now it's gonna start now that she's you know eight million dollars that's more than some people obviously people that specialize in this shit will ever make you know so yeah that's also uh one of those things too to where uh it was cool as long as they could quote unquote joke her because even a lot of those people quote unquote shamed and looked down on her too even though she was saying a lot of the same shit that they were saying not that she's right or perfect and not that they're right or perfect but a lot of them aligned on a lot of shit but she's getting paid for it and they're not and it becomes a problem right um so yeah i I just think you know they made her relevant Mm -hmm. and you know you have to talk to the level you at because i understand she's not the most sophisticated blah 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 but the people she's talking to ain't the most sophisticated motherfuckers either and they don't want to listen to your long ass dissertation about feminism honestly and being vocabulations and using big ass words that the average person can't understand yeah like they just want to hear like they they it's really a news flash for them to hear something like so we gotta respect hoes now and shit like that that's really like a news flash to these motherfuckers so it you know it is kind of um important what she's doing and i do think uh it's gonna be interesting to see how you know how it plays out but yeah eight million dollars man she already had the mother emoji app which is ranked number one in the app store uh shout out to kim k um you know like these (laughs) women have monetized shit while people are calling them talentless and shit women have monetized some women have just monetized being like i'm super attractive and y'all can't stop fucking paying attention to me <laughs> so i like if hey i will go away as long as as soon as everybody goes i'm not interested i'll go away people can't stop themselves 
it's amazing mm-hmm. really and she is a sight to behold yeah for sure man it's just it's just it's amazing really um let's see let's talk about fucking with black people okay guys okay. let's get into it uh real quick let me find my fucking with black people music um uh where is my music where'd it go oh here it is <laughs> We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. Time to play the game that we all hate to play. It's fucking with black people. The game where we go all around the globe and we find different articles and we score them from zero to a hundred intervals of twenty-five for how much we feel fucked with as black people. Today's contestants, everybody. All right, let's see who's um, Fantasia. She got on the list. Uh-oh. she had a concert flyer she put on her instagram for a concert she was supposed to be doing in charlotte on sunday okay and on the concert flyer had all lives matter oh that's not good Mm-mm. that is not good karen that Some, is correct somebody didn't get a hold of her and be like you, you know you know we don't use that language right mm-hmm. no 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 now what was interesting about this to me is um uh somebody i follow on twitter um i just don't i don't want to fuck up her name so i i know it's like gabby something and uh she's real cool people and you know i fuck with her one of my faves she i i saw this because she was going in on anthony hamilton on his timeline now anthony hamilton is very outspoken very mm-hmm. pro-black like yes he is to me it's never i've never had a question of like is anthony hamilton down for the cause it's always like oh yeah that's right he's 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 like he literally just a couple days ago wrote an essay for the root about why black lives matter and how we can't stay silent on police violence Mm -hmm. so to me i i I don't question his shit right Mm -hmm. but apparently fantasia put out this flyer on her instagram and it had all lives matter on it now anthony hamilton didn't put it out um i absolutely believe him when he says he didn't even like hearing this shit on twitter was the first time he ever heard of it i believe it because if he if it across his eyes he'd be like don't do this yeah and uh he even and you know shout out to gabby and the people that got on him he even put out like a video stating like nope like i don't fuck with all lives matter at all is black lives matter period is like um i think people wanted him to back out of the concert and you know i get very wishy-washy with that shit because i don't tell other people what to do with their money and i think a lot of times people overstep their bounds with that kind of shit because Mm um i'm not gonna recoup his legal fees i'm not gonna go to court with him i'm not i don't know how any of that shit works it's very easy to say it from twitter what somebody else should do but it's not very it's not always feasible um you know it's like uh it's you know it's like charity checking and shit now some people are into that shit i'm just not into it that you know like you lose me when it comes to that shit like uh that's his pockets and whatever i don't know what his bill situation look like or his debt situation look like i know what his kids eat i don't know any of that shit um well technically i do kind of know what his kids eat because i saw him in harris tito one time with three little beautiful boys Um, precious right but um at any rate i don't um i didn't get into all that like i just thought that was like okay like i'm supposed to find out about this and immediately be like i quit fuck you fuck this tour fuck you know whatever i don't know 
um and maybe he will ultimately end up quitting or whatever but it was brought to his attention so he can't say it wasn't you know um (laughs) and and she was going in on the two hours it was you know me man i'll laugh at some shit and be like i wouldn't do that but it is funny and she was going in on him and everybody's making jokes about how black his music is you know like oh you know his voice makes you start stirring up a pot of greens and <laughs> you know his you Make know stop making cornbread and frying fat back yeah his sound is uh his sound is the sound of hog mouths you know shit ah, yeah! like i to me it was it was a ruthless sunday twitter and everybody was going in on everything all at the same time 17 different arguments were happening you know how black twitter gets on sunday so i was just laughing yeah but uh but at any rate uh she um she had she i guess it was her concert so after everybody went in on her with this uh and i can put it on on the screen if you want to see what the flyer looked like but everybody said hey you know and i <laughs> shout out to robert Latall. it was uh black sports online they got the scoop that showed everybody that it was the all lives matter concert and it and it started like it, it was it was so funny because it was on her page right but it said the headline was like fantasia and anthony hamilton uh <laughs> headline of all lives matter concert in charlotte I was I like, oh. and that's why he had to come out and be like nah dog Mm-mm. i know his eyes got big as fuck because you know it, uh you don't know what's on the flyer you don't know no one does and if someone adds it especially like what it seems like fantasia did was add this to something without running it by everybody because you know it's like i think people feel like celebrity and shit is more organized than it is it's not you know promoters don't go oh let me run this by shit half time you go to a promoter and it's and, and the fucking flying got people that's there on it you know what i mean right <laughs> like uh it's just like black photoshop on it but oh my god it was so good uh it says all lives matter september 25th now with all the shit happening in charlotte i know it wasn't happening at the time they probably scheduled this but at the time that this happened everybody was like no sis no and so she canceled it she postponed it i think to the next week which is funny because i wish she had had it she had it. not because i wanted anthony hamilton not show up or whatever i think he should have showed up should have sang the national anthem should have kneeled put up a black file fist and quit but i'm saying <laughs> i'm saying i wanted to see i bet the protesters would have went down there mm-hmm. and then shit would have got real and she didn't want to deal with that don't know why i want to hear this all lives matter bullshit sis don't know why i want to hear this come on man um so she um did this and anthony hamilton released a video um basically having to clear himself now i don't know that this is really good enough for some people because i think people wanted him to just turn down the whole event sight unseen just like fuck the fuck y'all i'm out yeah well most people don't won't do that in their everyday to day life yeah i mean most you know most people go to work for a company that you know it's not it, people make compromises where they feel comfortable yes they do you know like you, somebody else is like burn the world with you yeah. you're like ah, i got bills tomorrow yeah i'm gonna send this tweet from a phone made by a small child's fingers but other than that you need to quit your job you know right. so we'll see but uh he did release a statement which i thought was uh unfortunately there was a flyer put out with my name on it that i didn't approve an all lives matter flyer um if you really want to know how i feel about our people and where we are and the injustice there's an article i wrote about two days ago it's posted 
go to the roots.com <laughs> hold on he's so black you put that s on the root though the roots.com yes hey man that's a that's so good that's we put s on everything we pluralize some shit because we black y'all that's for sure stuff that ain't plural we'll make it plural oh man the roots.com all right so hopefully malik b will be there and uh (laughs) black dog you can see exactly how i feel i'm a father of six black males six so black lives do matter and I approve this message. <laughs> he did everything with Tab Gabby in it, uh, but because um, she was on his ass, it was it was so funny. Ah, I know I shouldn't be laughing, man. But I, it was funny to me. I don't. It was, she was good. She had all kinds of jokes. I forget. Oh, she had one tweet. It was something like, "He seen this time." I don't care if you served Harriet Tubman, Fatbacker. So it was just so crazy shit. I was like just no roofs on twitter it's no roofs that's the part of me that's just that's the part of me that's holding me back is i'll never not find that kind of shit funny but uh yeah so uh he had written and this happened september 23rd my birthday so it was actually before um yes. you know this concert and any right. of this shit. he was like if you want to know how i feel i put this out way before this shit came out yeah it was we are fed up with injustice and it was his whole um essay basically um and 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 it was from his it wasn't back from someone else it wasn't an interview it it was him speaking out you know so um now i i don't know if he's gonna do this concert or not i don't know maybe he won't at this point you never know till you ask and you never get you you never get what you ask for unless you say something and the same way that if the flyer had i don't know a nazi swastika on it you know you might back out of the event uh all lives matter is pretty much some hate group shit at this point you can't like you can't i know white lives matter is definitely hate group but you can't really avoid the connotation all lives matter has and that's exactly what fantasia has chosen to do because she's responded as well with her husband and they put out a eight minute video um essentially doing the all lives matter because black lives matter and jesus and god in the church y'all you know that type of thing nobody trying to hear that and i think too it may be just her disconnection from social media not trying funny she, she's constantly touring and around and you know not that that's not an excuse not to inform yourself but when people say things like that i think it comes out of out of a place of not being informed you know what i don't uh, for some people not everybody for some people it comes out of a place of just not being informed i mean she she has been in the lab um lose like losing weight getting fit in the gym and shit maybe she hasn't had time to really peruse social media maybe she don't be on it like that i don't think they do people when people make comments like that i do not think that they're in social media as much as most people are here's my problem though when you put in purposeful like all lives matter on your flyer there's no to me it's so irresponsible to not know the connotation and it's just very hard for me to imagine a situation where because it's a direct response to black lives matter that that's true and that's not an excuse because don't you got a team of people that you pay possibly to read this and be possibly like, don't put that out there like i said this shit is a lot less sophisticated than people think okay 
i think she posted that flyer and she thought this is see okay what they didn't think about is this all lives matter that means everybody is the same but that's also what black lives matter means ma'am and people that use our lives matter have been saying that to go all lives matter to me which means you guys shouldn't even be out here protesting for black lives um so yeah she put out a message with her husband oh this sound is terrible uh but she basically uh said that um it got laid on my heart to do this it wasn't just about music i don't know if people were coming out thinking they were going to hear my songs but what they were really going to hear was worship listen listen i don't believe you because if motherfuckers showed up to that concert and you was like i ain't singing none of my songs it was gonna be another riot in charlotte it was gonna be another riot in charlotte i think i'm like you lied to me because motherfuckers gonna be like where my money give my money back i didn't show up here for this um and you can't just put that you you need to put that on a flyer uh anyway they were gonna hear worship and prayer and poetry reading and strong men coming together to see if we can pull in our men not just only black not just only white people were out protesting today it wasn't just white people it was black people it was latino people but your flyer presented it as a concert ma'am uh and then she also said we're still gonna do this we're gonna do this next week uh she also issued a statement further in her statement that all lives matter i understand that our people are still in poverty and we're not getting certain things that we deserve i understand that but the only way we're going to get it is not through tearing up buildings yeah now see that all lives matter shit wasn't that's not a mistake karen i'm telling you man we're now at a point where it's a direct hate message back to black lives matter you can't pretend it's some other shit you know i wish people were just this ignorant it's okay. not i try to give people sometimes it's been how many years yeah, since since to the doubt, but yeah since trayvon got shot since mike brown got shot is no one don't know you know we're not uh, i know it's double negative but you know what i mean everybody knows I, i'm with you uh she said while sitting next to her husband kendall taylor two thousand years ago jesus ended the debate on which lives matter he died for all of us all of us martin luther king Ooh, the trifecta stood for love and unity for all people united we stand divided we fall let's all stand together so black lives matter yes they do all lives matter well then she purposely used that yeah i a hundred for me i'm fucked with you know i mean i see zero for anthony hamilton but like i said i don't be up in people's pockets like the way other people do i but there's nothing ambiguous about his stance in my opinion um and we'll see if he performs at the concert because you know it's one thing to sign up for all lives matter concert i think that's a completely different level of disrespect yeah, like, that's not what I it's another for. thing for motherfuckers to pull some switcheroo shit on you after you done signed up like yeah this really gonna be an all lives matter concert hey motherfucker you need to tell me that shit up front you know what i mean like <laughs> you know why is this even I on their flyer even agreed to do this yeah because you got some random bug up your ass to decide to say that hateful bullshit um yeah her husband said it's real easy to critique someone sitting behind your desk or behind your smartphone and are you talking about a word between all and black 
i have a lot of white employees white colleagues white business partners i have a mixed grandchild and i'm not going to discount that black life is of lesser value than a white life or hispanic life or asian life or latino life black lives matter because all lives matter these basic simple motherfuckers nope not gonna make a reading joke nope not gonna do it not gonna do it now she get a hundred he is working on me Wow. she probably couldn't even read about lives matter oh i couldn't help it i couldn't help it i'm sorry y'all oh oh i'm sorry y'all i didn't uh, i couldn't help it y'all i just i tried i tried y'all i tried to be better than that i know it wouldn't be i tried to be better than that it's a lot of people that struggle with illiteracy and i know it it's I, not i thought you said he was working they on shouldn't you. be shamed and uh, she probably has learned hard. to read a long time ago and here i am a flawed human being i don't i'm sorry y'all i a hundred i was that fucked with i can't even pretend i wasn't (sighs) the virginia police uh department are popping the hoods on cop cars to block the dash cams a hundred mm-hmm yep uh they're saying that they're doing it to cool the cars off nope they've never needed to be cooled off in the history of cars before but they got these dash cams and suddenly the cars need to be cooled a hundred and if they want transparency they said you pop that motherfucking hood you're getting suspended like what are we talking about here pop a goddamn hood get out of here now sean king posted the initial pictures of this so i don't if y'all got a problem with it hit up his twitter account but uh all of a sudden all the cars got a problem all the cars got issues ain't, mm-hmm. ain't none of these cars got a record of going to the shop now all of a sudden they constantly get the fuck out of it here. was originally posted on a local person's facebook page but of course uh sean king picked it up and uh, spread the word um but uh yeah um we don't know for a fact that it is but it feels like that's what it. it is i believe it so, i believe it i'm gonna say 100 because wherever they got the camera somebody figured out that that hood blocks the view yep i gotta go with 100 on this one guys i'm sorry but i'm really not sorry okay oh yeah 100 this is ridiculous um let's see what else happened um uh <laughs> um a uh, white police chief rants on facebook and a louisiana town hears echoes of his racist past echoes past anyway uh <laughs> sunday sermons have just ended when residents uh this with residents of this river town learned that a lone black gunman had killed three police officers baton rouge for the news sinking a profane message appeared on facebook hey mr bullshit president it began oh that, that's how we starting this when are you going to grow a fucking pair and tell it like it is these are terrorists that have declared fucking war on my brother white police officers enough is enough the author was skylar door jonesville's white police chief oh cool <laughs> sure the people in that town are getting a fair shake all they the black feel people very safe all the brown people feel very safe there mm-hmm. i'm sure everybody everybody loves that um uh the uh, uh the post instantly cleaved the community and too many black residents who make up 70 percent of jonesville 
saw it as a racist rant some whites defended door saying that he had a right to speak his mind two days later the majority black town council fired the young chief come on if his post had stirred anger then his firing provoked outrage door received encouragement even employment offers from across the country god white people are so evil for that you evil for that dog you if you saw that and went i need that man here you a evil motherfucker he also received death threats when a friend organized a march on doors but had the sheriff persuaded him to call it off fear they would turn into a shootout um which it wouldn't have i don't know if he got death threats then maybe i don't i, I mean i don't think people would have but right. you know it's easy for me to say that without having my life threatened true um today jonesville remains on edge some whites think the town's black officials are putting political correctness ahead of public safety white people ain't shit for that that political y'all oh political correctness just fucking up your whole lives oh it's so bad oh how dare i couldn't just call them niggers like we used to some blacks see ugly hints of the racial violence that has long haunted the deep south endorsed profane posts and online debates that followed in jonesville as in many places across the nation black people and police alike feel under attack yeah but only one is literally under attack um yeah the other one got guns and yeah, tanks and yeah. tear gas and bulletproof vests yeah and shields and helmets mm-hmm yeah um door says he is not a racist he says he is fighting for his first amendment rights yeah people that kill cops end up dead or in custody people that kill black people uh that are police uh just end up at you know work on paid leave and promotions and shit uh i feel bad for everybody in that town that found out um how quickly that uh they don't have they white friends ain't they white friends come on real quickly a lot of people thought race wasn't a big problem for them that just found out through facebook uh actually it's super 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 is i I, I support our our sheriff like what but he said um so anyway man um zero to a hundred zero but a hundred for the other cities it was like you know what you don't you own a wave of wire we'll pick you up fuck you mm, okay because they got rid of his ass so i'm here for it it was like oh oh okay get the fuck out of here yeah i also had to give him a, give him a hundred for that one all right let's get into something else a little lighter I think this is just back when they used to have long intros. Ah, the three minute intro. Here is the goal. There you go. Back, back with to the face. Pajamas live in a best, and I don't waste time. On the mic with the dope rhyme. rhyme. Jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump. And I'm here to combine beats and lyrics to make you shake your pants, take a chance. Come on, and dance. Guys, grab a girl, don't wait, make the twirl. It's your world, and I'm just the 
squirrel trying to get a nut. To move your butt to the dance floor. So yo, what's up? Hands in the air. Come on, say yeah. Everybody over here. Everybody over there. The crowd is live and I'm through this move. Party people in the house. Move. Move. Come on, let's sweat. Baby. Let the music take control. Let the rhythm move you. Sweat. Let the rhythm take control. Let the rhythm move you. All right. That's white people news, guys, if you didn't get it by now. Um, let's see what white folks is talking about today. Uh, here's some white people news from an advice column Dear Prudence. That's right. She uh, gives advice every week on slate.com. Um, they ask questions and here's the first question dear prudence i don't get along with my sister-in-law she adores my brother and makes him very happy so i try to be friendly when i see her but now that we've moved back to his hometown and she lives just a few miles away it's gotten much harder she criticizes my taste in furniture my clothes and my cooking i try to deflect the comments but she will not let it go recently my husband and i adopted two rescue dogs and posted pictures of them in facebook I then get a text from my sister-in-law telling me that I have to change the name of my dogs because she is going to use those names for her children. What? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, she is now pregnant, but I can't tell anyone. This is ridiculous, and I don't know what to do, but I just ignore her and hope it goes... Should I just ignore her and hope it goes away? Share the text, get raked over the coals for spoiled pregnant, spoiling the pregnancy surprise? Post tons of pictures of my dogs and refer to them as my babies i have to live with this woman in my life and i don't want to hurt my brother but i'm going to i'm not changing the name of my dogs um, so there you guys go that's white people news y'all want to hear the advice too that prudy gave or does what, it not matter what was the advice i've heard plenty of fights over baby names i've yet to come across dog versus unborn baby combo where the dogs in question have already been named and the baby does not yet exist i almost almost admire her ability to mind conflict from a seemingly meaning uh, peaceful landscape as tempting as it might be to start rubbing ruby and synthesize it in your sister-in-law's face i think gentle non-engagement in the road to is the road to hoe here we're not going to change the dog's names but congratulations on your pregnancy what exciting news don't get drawn into an argument or an explanation for your behavior because what she's asking is so absurd that the only response it merits is a flat refusal so you agree with that keep dog names yeah, honey who gives it a- she might be faking the pregnancy even oh you never know she might be what if she is not even a pregnancy she just wants you to make you change the name of your dogs just to be ass fuck it keep the name then fuck her yeah i would not change the name of bailey and apple uh all right back to happy families josh and anna duggar seen in a photo for the first time since the cheating child molester went to rehab for his sex edition as they celebrate their anniversary oh snap now yeah that's right guys the duggars are back and white folks have never been happier uh-huh. especially those like real religious churchy white folks come on they love him they're gonna watch that show again josh and anna Duggar were photographed together for the first time in over a year 
in a post on the duggar family's facebook page happy anniversary josh and anna we are so thankful for god's redemptive love in your lives uh it was a little over a year ago that josh and Anna had to deal with a porn addiction after it was discovered he had an account on the adult dating website ashley madison where most of the women are fake anyway <laughs> yes what a waste he was he has been spotted more and more over the course of the past few months first many many golfing with his father jim bob and then at church and getting something to eat on mother's day with his family and wife anna the duggar family posted photos of the mother's day trip to their official family website but did not include any photos of josh and his wife anna it has now been over a year since the public learned that josh molested five minors as a teenager including four of his sisters he was never tried or charged in those offenses and the law enforcement was never notified in any official capacity by his parents in the aftermath of the scandal the family's popular reality show was canceled by tlc the you know touching little children channel right uh (laughs) the summer then ended with the news that josh had an account on the adult cheating website ashley madison and that's the one that was unforgivable y'all by the way Mm -hmm. isn't that funny Right, I know you did on your sisters, but cheating, Josh. Ah! I will not stand for this. I'm ashamed of you, mister. I will not have a cheater in my house. Adultery is against the commandments. Touching your sister sexually and molesting them. Now, you can do that five, four, five times, or whatever you need. But watching pornography? How dare you, Josh? How dare you? He confessed to having affairs in a letter in August, writing, I've been the biggest hypocrite ever while espousing faith and family values. I've secretly, over the last several years, been viewing pornography on the internet, and this became a secret edition, and and I became unfaithful to my wife. I'm so ashamed of the double life that I've lived, and I'm grieving for the hurt, pain, and disgrace my sin has caused my wife and family, and most of all, Jesus, and all those who profess faith in him. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. But what you gonna do about this right here? What you gonna do about the, what you gonna do about the Bible, homeboy? What you gonna are you gonna call this a bigot? Are you gonna call ah. this dangerous? Well, if you do call this and me dangerous, yes, sir, we are dangerous. That's right, Josh. <laughs> what would the Bible think about you? Hmm? Did you think about that? At any rate, um that's what's happening with white folks um (laughs) the duggars are back um let's see what else happened with white people um oh apparently in white people news uh michael strahan has reignited his kelly ripper feud uh days after the network president ben sherwood admitted to mistakes being made during the live departure Uh now i was on top of this from day one okay me uh pia glenn and several other people yeah because it got nasty we was on top of this uh we we figured it out just through the machinations of knowing how the game works um but apparently they bungled his leaving uh which was obvious to anybody they knew that she probably would be very upset right and instead of telling her straight up they tried to not tell her and end up basically shocking her and then she's forced to work with this guy who's about to leave and get a much better better paying job mm-hmm. second time that's happened to her she's is more of a trust issue between her and Them. the network now not really her and him right because he was also told not to tell her 
right you just follow the instructions executives at abc are not happy when michael strahan claims a source close to the network after the newly appointed good morning america host gave in an interview which he reignited his feud with his former live co-host kelly ripper they were livid the source told dailymail.com about the reaction of multiple executives when they read the story things had finally calmed down and then he goes and does this interview throwing ben sherwood under the bus just last week ben sherwood publicly apologized for the way strahan's uh, exit was handled uh telling the hollywood reporter we made some mistakes we fixed them quickly and we moved on a spokesperson for abc shot down the claims that anyone in the network was livid pointing out that straight hands people cover story uh got its own segment on good morning america wednesday the segment did not however mention straight hands comments about ripper or live mm-hmm the source said the team at good morning america was also less than thrilled about the straight hand um story in the in the interview Strahan spoke about leaving live last may and the fact that he and ripper are no longer friends mm, okay um Strahan said of his relationship in an interview with people that came out wednesday at one point i think we were friends i don't know what happened at the end news of Strahan's departure in this uh, this past april was surrounded by drama after ripper did not turn up for work the day after it was announced and was moving to good that he was moving to good morning america full-time come september ripper it turned out had been blindsided by the news and it was a week before she returned to her hosting duties i wonder if anybody's ever tried to do a sitcom or a comedy about doing a morning tv show oh, that'd be great. i know danny tanner worked morning tv you know, but it was never really like the subject of the show it would be pretty that would be a pretty cool concept for a show uh i wasn't surprised by her reaction at all but i can't control somebody else's actions he reflected i was there for years and it was more it was about more than just being in front of the camera he's 44 years old he had been on live for four years he added toward the end of it all we didn't communicate that much i kind of looked at it like it was what it was the show was going well we're all winning that's all that matters to me the drama was such that straight hand left live earlier than planned at the network's request leaving kelly 45 to begin the process of finding a new co-host yeah probably because she put up such a big stink that they was like you know what just go ahead and leave because we're tired of her acting funky live on the air because they live asking you personal questions that, that, that she did you she basically ain't got no business bringing up live on the air talking about his wife and his divorce and all that shit she's making it awkward for everybody but like you say that's not a problem between him and her that's a problem between her and the network yeah and honestly she was really being making it difficult i don't know and, and they already knew that that's why they was like don't tell her yeah it was pretty much untenable that situation i mean regardless of whose side you were on quote unquote right. uh she was not making it easy so you had to move on at some point and everybody was starting to watch only to see how the beef was going to play out and that's never good for the station you know uh so he says basically he was disappointed because they painted him as the bad guy i value the way i carry myself i don't want people to see me as oh he just ran out just left them there that's not me on the air on air all i could do was control myself in football new york is the toughest place to play one day you're the greatest player they've ever seen the next game you're the worst but i got older in that business and i said hey it doesn't matter what their opinion is all i know is i'm doing my best and i'm giving it everything i have ripper has talked about it publicly um except for the first episode of live after he left when guest host jimmy kimmel questioned her about the rumored feud um so i don't know uh at any rate um but it was obviously there was a problem like you you couldn't deny that yeah yeah so um it's interesting 
now you guys are caught up on some white people news there um let's go ahead and get into some uh guess the race all right guys now that it's time for some guess the race that's right it's guess the race time now that it's time for some guess the race that's right it's guess the race time that's right it's time for guess the race the number one game show going across all the podcast land we read and play news articles from all over the globe and we ask our contestants today karen in the chat room to guess the race and everybody playing is racist all right a woman is uh currently in some hot water because she lured a man she met on plenty of fish dating app to a house where he was shot dead police say oh it's happened in georgia uh police in georgia suspect a woman lured a man she met on a dating app to a house and had him killed authorities believe clarissa mcgee a 21 year old woman from atlanta suburb of mcdonough uh invited jordan collins to a home under the pretense of a date um According to the initial findings of a police investigation, McGee lured Jordan 23 outside where he was gunned down and killed. The two are reported to have met on the app Plenty of Fish. Mm. What happened to just throwing them back? In statements, God, that must not be an option. I guess not. In statements to police, Chad Collins said that he and his brother were at home at the home of an unidentified woman who they said, uh, who was said to be out of town at one point chad said that his brother jordan was asked by mcgee to go outside to quiet a barking dog jordan uh obliged and moments later chad heard his brother say chill out before a gunshot rang shortly afterward chad rushed outside to help his brother and was shot five times and then he was taken to the hospital investigators found a cell phone at the scene which led them to mcgee who was arrested by police on saturday warrants have been issued for the arrest of four others who were at the house during the september 1st incident so this was set up investigators say the more details of their probe will be released later this week guess the race of um clarissa mcgee also it's reported three children were upstairs in the house when the shootings took place they were unharmed I say white because the name would have to be plenty of catfish for me to go black. All right. Let's check the chat room and see what they believe. Uh, Peaches dropped a dime on him black. Lena Dunham Caucasian dark. Is that Peaches from uh, Outcast? My tweets are rigged. Uh, dark black, white, plenty of fish. She figured it uh, is plenty of men too. Sisters know it's a shortage of men white women shooting fish in a barrel <laughs> clarissa did not explain that white uh and oh it was uh peaches that's what i thought rang rang uh say hello uh black uh the correct answer is and karen you missed it she was black because oh. yeah. yeah. i i actually know right clarissa so i don't you know what her name was confusing clarissa mcgee sounds like a made-up white woman name right uh anyway some of you got it and uh let me show you guys what clarissa mcgee looks like okay yeah and that's not funny how many black folks use plenty of fish 
yeah i mean there was a lot of clues to believe it was a white woman right. I, i'm not you, you're not off here Karen. okay <laughs> okay i mean i, like, I, I think attention this time. you know i think the clues for black is atlanta okay um there were three children upstairs in the house you know um uh, i think those would have been the clues that gave it away there was a black person um a colorado church didn't report a pastor's sex abuse to children because biblical counseling would suffice mm. you guys know how it is uh, <laughs> uh apparently pastor robert wyatt repeatedly had sexual intercourse with a 12 year old girl who was a parishioner at the agape <laughs> really agape bible church in thornton what's even more disturbing about this case however is the fact that the court documents show church officials knew about it but did nothing according to an arrest affidavit for wyatt both the head pastor daryl ferguson and the 12 year old girl's adoptive parents agreed that it would be best to not go to the police because they were concerned about what would happen to wyatt don't want this person to go to jail i mean hey he's just a child abuser of the lord who abused who abused my child yeah i mean my adopted child but he adopted you know not you know come on karen calm down i mean we can let them abuse the adopted children right i mean what are we we expect them to treat all children like they you know blood babies come on now <laughs> hashtag step kids matter too that's how black brad pitt wound up in trouble instead the affidavit claims the church and the parents agreed that biblical counseling will receive through the church would be sufficient what the fuck is biblical counsel uh says here don't diddle the children uh yep chapter five uh, verse three uh, the officer who interviewed the girl's adopted father said the man made it clear his interest was in protecting the church and his reputation more than protecting his daughter. Well, that's gotta Ooh. be, that's gotta feel fantastic if you're that guy's child. That girl can't wait to get enough to run her ass away. Police also learned about the pastor's abuse because another parishioner told them about it after being disgusted by the church's reaction. Uh, so guess the race, uh, Pastor Robert Wyatt. White. Karen's going with white going with white for 300 alex let's check the chat room and see what they believe the race is a dugger bugger white crack 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 of fluid wait crackalicious white crack crackalicious is that what that's supposed to say to <laughs> crack crackalicious he don't do dishes he diddle children's he crack crackalicious uh colorado cracker spare my rod spoil the child white as white as the jizz he spewed on those kids jesus christ jeez mm. i did say last night that trumped up trickle down sounds like a name for donald trump's jizz so what what can i say how can i judge you when i'm participating in it too uh white mormon pastor white the correct answer is and i think everybody gets the same shit and it's right it's white some of you did oh wait is it showing it on the screen let me see uh hopefully it's showing you guys on the screen what i'm seeing i can't really tell on my screen it's showing okay cool that's him y'all he's the uh the old diddlemeister there pastor robert wyatt that's right karen you got one right um all right and we'll do one more let's uh 
go to the bonus round on this bad boy double the points and the race double the points and the race that's right double the points double the race for the bonus round against the race so far karen's one and one and most of you guys are two and zero so we'll see if she can get catch up in the bonus round all right let's see what happens on this one a mother throws her twin two-year-old sons out of the window during a drunken brawl with her boyfriend oh a rhode island mother is in jail at the police say she hurled her twin toddler sons out of a first floor window at their apartment in providence sunday uh benita barber 37 was arraigned monday on charges of disorderly conduct in the providence district court she may face additional counts how the fuck you throw two babies out of a window and only get disorderly conduct police say a neighbor reported to the state heard to the state department of children youth and families that she saw barbara toss both of the two-year-old boys out of a window to the front porch of their apartment building um the mother allegedly turned on the kids while arguing with her boyfriend 37 year old michael watts uh according to police watts attempted to push the boys back into the apartment through the front door but barbara slammed it and shut in their shut it in their faces knocking down one of the twins well officers responded to the couple's home and the arrest report states that the, uh they found the children in their pajamas crying in the middle of the street with their mother trying to get them inside the apartment which means they probably had been there for a while and then she heard the the police sirens ran out there to get them by the time police arrived watts who is the, the twins father had left they were looking to interview him monday you know what this sounds like this sounds like a drop off gone wrong like now go on take care take these kids back you supposed to be watching them no these your kids too and i I can't i told you i gotta go and then he put the kids in she threw them out the window like you take these damn kids um police say the officers encountered an intoxicated belligerent barber who reported she who showed no remorse at the scenes so i mean she was like yes i threw them kids and some of the incident was captured on cell phone video which was turned over to authorities and also shared with the station abc6 the woman's sons were taken to hasbro county hospital where they were treated for scrapes and bruises and released in the custody of the to the department of children youth and families barbara's criminal record include convictions for robbery a hypodermic needle and domestic felony assault hmm i wonder what the uh cell phone footage sounds like Honey, I'm calling the cops. There's bad parenting, and then there's this. This is ridiculous. You guys can do whatever, but don't do this to those children. Neighbors of 37-year-old Benita Barber taking this cell phone video. Twin two-year-olds in matching PJs being ushered back into the house from their porch after their mother viciously threw them out the first-story window in a drunken rage. That's awful. Who can do Oh, my God. Cheryl Steinkamp lives on one of the floors of the Triple Decker on Alverson Ave with Barber. I just heard from her daughter that the kids are in the hospital and Benita threw the kids out the window and she's in jail. According to police, Barber was drunk, arguing with her boyfriend Sunday afternoon. That's when she picked up the young twins and tossed them out of the window. Police found the two-year-old crying in the street with bumps, bruises, and cuts. 
Steinkamp, however, says she's known Barbara her whole life and still believes she's a good mother. She's a nice woman. She's she's ex a mom. All right, guess the race, Karen. Of um, what is her name? Uh, Bonita uh, Barber. Black. Karen's going black. Let's see what the chizzy chizzy chat room says. Buy your meth from T Dog White. Ain't no Negroes in Rhode Island's Creamy Ranch White. Uh, the kids disrespected Mama by calling her by her last name. Uh, <laughs> her neighbors still believe her abusive self can be a good mother. White is white with the drug, uh, is familiar with the drug meth. White. Tiki's cousin black is hard. It's the hard knock life white. So almost all you guys went white and Karen went black uh she's a nice white lady says lauren um and uh karen you know you're down one and one everybody else is two no and you just took the motherfucking lead she was black i came back y'all that was some clutch racism there karen Mm -hmm. now all you guys that guess white y'all to guess white was wrong uh is it showing on the screen not yet all right um it says it's screen sharing but i can't tell um there you go it, right. it just popped up give it a few seconds there yeah. you go there she is y'all oh no precious baby right this is a picture of her i guess before the babies when they was younger and and you know having hot sex and not thinking about the responsibility of raising twins right uh so yep uh she going to jail now uh all right let's get into the last thing that we always talk about guys it's time to talk about that sore ratchetness A sore-wielding man attacks a neighbor, and the victim fought back with a golf club. Oh. Indianapolis police are investigating an unusual attack on the city's north side. A homeowner woke up Tuesday morning to find a sore-wielding neighbor at his front door. According to the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police, the attack happened around 8.10 in the motherfucking morning. The dispute started when the suspect tried to break into the neighbor's home armed with a sword. In response, the homeowner grabbed a golf club and fought the suspect off. Mm, Probably teed off on him. When I opened the door, he said, may I come in, said the victim. Uh, that was the only thing he said. I slammed the door. He tried to break in. Tony says the suspect who lives right next door threw some kind of heavy item and broke in his door while speaking incoherently. It was difficult to make out what he was saying, and I suspect it wouldn't have made much sense anyway. Police say the suspect tried to slash at Tony with his sword. Tony grabbed a golf club and struck the suspect in the head in self-defense. Oh. It was very scary, but thank God you're okay, neighbor Kathy Whelan said. The suspect is identified as 44-year-old Joseph Galdun. Uh, he does not have a previous criminal record. Neighbors say he works as a local physician, uh, physician and don't understand exactly why the suspect became violent. Shit. Don't want that dude working on me. Mm-mm. 
turn your head and cough so i can slice off your balls oh no they don't know uh but he seemed a little deranged that was the word used maybe he was doing drugs or something i'm happening police believe he was either intoxicated or suffered from a mental episode and may have thought he was breaking into his own home tony says he never had any dispute with his name before the encounter at no point did he say anything that would indicate he wanted to get me i didn't even know why our house it was really traumatic he said uh the homeowner suffered only a small cut to his hand the suspect has been taken to the hospital to be evaluated but is in good condition he could be facing a variety of criminal charges all right guys we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up this week we appreciate y'all enjoy atlanta tonight because we sure will uh premium people balls deep will be tomorrow morning 10 a.m i'll send out the email tonight until then i love you i love you too Mwah. Mwah.